being able to be an entrepreneur full time was it, it, it's basically um, I feel like my whole life leading up to this. Um, I also remember the next day I was I was walking around my my new neighborhood in Brooklyn and I was going to get some coffee or something and on my way home I passed um, an elementary school and there was a, a desk sitting outside. <laughs> So I, you know, my first office furniture was like a free children's desk that I took <laughs> from the from the schools. <laughs> oh wow! On my way home, and you know, I had my laptop and I had my new little desk, and like I was, I was ready to go. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy course, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Welcome to the Dreamer's Moment. We talk to people who are in the arena, chasing their dreams. Hi there, my name is Dana Humphrey, CEO and founder of Whitegate PR, and we specialize in public relations in the pet industry. So Dana, I looked at your list of past and present clients, and it looked like you had at least 200 companies almost all of them in the pet space. Um, has anyone ever referred to you as like the Ace Ventura of pet public relations? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love that. Wow, thank you. I've never actually counted myself, so that is good to know. Um, well, I do consider myself the pet lady, and I do own the trademark to that. And um, I do like the Ace Ventura reference. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, basically, you know, we love working in the pet space and with pet product manufacturers, and it's kind of been a niche that we've been able to carve out, and it's it's a fun niche to be in. So what what does a typical pet PR gig involve? Like, how do you come up with something creative when you have so many different pet clients? Sure. Well, my background is in the pet industry, and so it's kind of an area where it's something that I know how to spin it. Um, every single month there are different pet holidays from February, which is Pet Dental Health Month, to October, which is Senior Pet Month. So depending on the product, whether it's a dog treat or a cat bed or maybe a new treatment that can help with pain management, um, you know, we really kind of know the pet industry pretty well. So we're able to customize, you know, what our clients are trying to do. So if our, our clients are trying to reach pet consumers, uh, we can splice and dice that up into millennials, boomers, um, you know, regionally, where do they live? And then basically, whether it's more of a fashion type item, like a beautiful pet collar, or maybe 
something a little more practical, like a healthy pet treat, it's actually going to be reaching different audiences. How, how long is the process? Like, let's say you get a, a gig where you're doing a pet collar. Like, would that take a week? Would that take a month? So we work with clients on a monthly retainer basis. Um, so we work month to month. Um, I like to work with clients for a minimum of three months to really kind of get the ball rolling. Um, that gives us time to write press releases, uh, send out some media pitches, get some feedback, and kind of see what's working and not working. Um, but we've worked with people from anywhere from one month to five years. Okay. All right. Um, so, you know, with, with this big list of clients, was that a slow grind to get there or did it just come easily when you started your, your business? Well, um, I was working for a company called Muttropolis in Southern California doing all their PR and marketing. And I quit and moved to New York City and started my own so when I started looking for clients, um, I wanted to actually work with all different kinds of clients. I wanted to work in just kind of lifestyle consumer products. And I noticed that based on my personal connections, as I started reaching out to people and say, hey, I started my own company. We're going to be doing public relations consulting. You know, do you know anyone who's interested? A lot of the people that were coming my way were, were pet clients. So after about a year, I decided to ex exclusively specialize in the pet industry. And so now we're kind of known in that space. Um, we get a lot of referrals from, you know, from our pet product manufacturers that refer us to other people in the industry. And um, now I've had the company for 11 years. So we typically have, you know, around 10 clients per month. So, um, you know, I guess that's kind of helped us get to this uh this 200 number that you're <laughs> talking about. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit slow and steady at first. And, um, and now kind of based on our reputation that we've been able to carve out, it, it's, it comes a little bit, you know, more fluid, a little bit more easier. Okay. Well, so let's go back a little bit. I'm assuming maybe you were raised in a family with lots of pets. Is that, is that true? Well, I um I had to I had to fight for my right to get pets um, <laughs> as a kid. Um, my first pet was a a pet rat named Bridget the Fidget. We were living in California, and that was a common pet to have. Now that I'm in New York City, um, I realized you know that that's not a common pet for people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming not. <laughs> yeah, um, and so uh, dogs, cats, uh, what yeah. Yeah, so after Bridget, we, we did get a family dog named Winston the Pug, and it was really a, a, a very um, long campaign with my sister and I versus my parents to, to pe petition to get a dog. So hmm. after a lot of research and um, a lot of promises that you know we were going to help take care of this, this pet, uh, we, we got a pug puppy, and you know he was... Um, he really brought our family together. Um, and actually later on when, um, he was in his senior years, my sister and I had already moved on and, and gone to university and my parents were moving to Thailand. So the family pug Winston moved in with me <laughs> and spent his last couple of years, um, in San Diego hanging out with me. So we, we had just one pug Winston, but he was, uh, very special to us and, uh, we had a wedding for him. You know, he really, 
uh, got the full <laughs> experience. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, uh, let's go back uh, to San Diego. You had this job with Metropolis, and you started Whitegate PR on the side, um, but then you had an opportunity to come up New York City. Um, yes. w- was it a dream of yours to move to New York? It wasn't, actually. Um, I I was living in San Diego and was was really looking to move to a city that had a good pu- public transportation system. Um, I was commuting and driving a lot, and it just seemed like a big waste of time. And so I wanted to move back to San Francisco, which is kind of the area where, where I grew up. And I was um, applying for a ton of jobs. I wasn't really getting anywhere. I applied for one job in New York City. And um, two weeks later, I, I was living there. And it, it just kind of, um, it kind of fell into place. And two months later, I was let go from that job. I was laid off. And, um, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I, I would have never moved to New York. I, it wasn't even on my radar. I didn't even know I wanted to be in New York. And here I am 11 years later, loving this city, probably not leaving, and definitely identifying as a New Yorker. <laughs> that- that was going to be one of my questions because I know from reading your bio there that you had you had got let gotten let go and then it was just a day later before you got contacted for uh, something with White Gate PR, right? Sure. Yeah, I can talk about that. Yeah, please. Um, so, I was working for a company in New York called Women for Hire, and it was hosting career fairs for women, and it was in fall of 2008. And so at that time, um, it really wasn't the best time to be hosting career fairs. Um, So I was let go and I had started my company about a year before and I was consulting super part-time for one client that I had um, that was a catalog-based business out of the Midwest. And I was working for them like maybe two or three hours a month. But those two or three hours, I was getting paid very well. So I was happy. And um, so I was let go on a Thursday, and on Friday, this um, this catalog business called me and said, you know, we're getting ready for the holidays. We really need you for more hours. And I said, well, great. I suddenly have more hours to give you. <laughs> and they were, they were really kind of my first client. Um, I was doing all of their email blasts, doing some marketing consulting for them. And then through that relationship and through that experience of knowing how to invoice them and how to, you know, how to work with them, um, you know, it it really helped me get my next level of clients um, where I was able to, you know, feel confident that I I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Well, so I'm assuming, you know, I mean, obviously you're very fortunate that that happened only a day later, but was there, even within that day, was there this feeling like, wow, I've. I've uprooted myself. I've moved to New York, and now, you know, what's next? Is it was that that kind of a, a low moment? Yeah, I remember. I remember leaving uh, leaving the office, feeling very exhilarated, and feeling um, actually, I was I was pretty relieved that I I didn't have to work there anymore, and um, you know, kind of the the two questions in my head of you know okay, do I go to a bar and, and just drink all day? Or like, what do I do with this day? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, and I decided actually to, to make a few phone calls. And really, I, I called a few friends um, who had 
who had been laid off recently to kind of, you know, get some sympathy. And, and then I, I called a few, um, professional relationships and, um, just saying, you know, I, I think I'm going to go, you know, full time with my business. Do you know anyone that might be interested in public relations? And, um, one of the calls that I made was to a, um, an author named Arden Moore, and she's written over 20 pet books. And I got to know her through working at Metropolis. And, um, when I called her, she immediately said, wow, this is great. I'd love to work with you. Maybe you can do my email newsletter and maybe I have some friends that would like to work with you. So the response that I got right away was extremely motivating and, um, elated. It just, I, I remember feeling completely elated that, you know, now I'm in this city that I love that I want to be in. Um, I, I, I loved the energy on my first day. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anything. I didn't know where I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about New York, but I loved it. And I loved the energy and the, um, the, the vibe, just the, the fact that people would dress up to go to work instead of San Diego where they're like wearing flip-flops and, <laughs> you know, uh, tank tops. Um, I loved the professionalism and the energy of the city. And it, I knew that it was someplace I, I was not in a rush to leave. And I thought, you know, I, 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 I knew that I could make it here. It was never a, um, it was never a question for me. I knew that I could, that I'm, I knew that I'm, I'm, I'm a hustler and I knew that I could hustle in this city. And I just, you know, I started making phone calls. I knew I needed to get connected to people here. And I just started looking for networking events. I joined the freelancers union. I looked on meetup and I started networking like crazy. <laughs> and that really, really helped me. Um, within my first couple of years here, I was really, really plugged in had a lot of connections and now, you know, at, at this time, um, you know, 10 years later, I, I don't even do any networking. I, I feel like I put in so much time and effort networking in the beginning that I really kind of set the foundation that, um, you know, now I have my, my huge connection here in New York. Wow. I think that is so unique. Most people would say that would be a, an extremely low moment and here you were elated and what that reminded me of and I I won't tell you the whole story but do you know the story of Walt Disney and Mortimer Mouse I mean uh, our no it was the rabbit well he went to he found out that this guy had stolen the rights of his first big work and he had to get on a train and go back home and during that ride he didn't get down at all he that was when he sketched out Mickey Mouse and so it's just that's what it reminds me of you. It was like here you were should have been down and and you were actually excited. I was really excited that I could finally, you know, I basically had the gift that I needed to to just get down and and go full time with my business. Um if I had stayed working at that job, it it may have been harder for me to quit right. than, you know, being the given the gift of like get out of here. You're not working here anymore you know, okay, great. Now what am I going to do with this time? Um, something that, um, I also remember the next day I was, I was walking around my, my new neighborhood in Brooklyn and I was going to get some coffee or something. And on my way home, I passed, um, 
an elementary school and there was a, a desk sitting outside. So I, you know, my first office furniture was like a free children's desk <laughs> from the, from the schools. <laughs> oh, wow. On my way home. Uh, and, you know, I had my laptop and I had my new little desk and like, I was, I was ready to go. Being able to be an entrepreneur full time was it's basically um, I feel like my whole life leading up to this Um, so I don't know if there's one magical moment it being able to set my own schedule and do what I want and you know create my own life is super important to me do you find that you're able to does it give you uh, are most people say that they're more busy than they had they stayed with their job but it's the kind of busy that they want is that how you would explain your situation yeah I mean I um, I you know being uh, being self-employed for 11 years there's been lots of different phases of it um, there was definitely a time when I really really worked a lot mm-hmm. uh, but sure was I you know happy during you know happy doing that work sure now I feel like I'm at a place where I'm not as much of a workaholic and um, I'm able to carve out um, vacations and trips and special projects that are important to my life that I can afford to do because I have the time and the flexibility to make that happen. I'm preparing, uh, I'm about to go to Ecuador for four weeks and you know, I've set up my my clients and my schedule so that I will not have to work at all during my trip, and that's something that, you know, to me is invaluable. It, money can't buy that. I mean, I, I do work hard and I do work a lot and I do, um, you know, I do, you know, it is sometimes stressful and but it is, um, you know, work that I like to be doing. However, being able to completely take a break and step back um, is, you know, something that I don't, that, that a lot of my friends don't have the flexibility to do because they have, you know, three and a half, three point two 3.2 weeks vacation or whatever nonsense that they get. That's what I get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to say it's, it's three and a half weeks. <laughs> so... You know, and I don't have a a favorite vacation spot because I'm interested in exploring everywhere. Um, So basically, I'm able to, you know, go on a few international trips per year. Um, I like going to Burning Man. That's something that I do every year as well. And I'm able to kind of set up my my life and my client schedule so that, you know, I I can do that. What would you share with others who are in a day job but want to pursue their own dream and by that I don't just mean taking a risk but something you've learned on your journey that you feel others might benefit from yeah sure I have a couple of ideas around that one is um, to just do it just do it I really consider myself like a type D personality I'm a doer and just starting to do things it, it is the way to make it happen. Um, I, I think sometimes if you um, spend a lot of time worrying about the details and making it perfect or waiting for that exact perfect moment, um, 
in, in waiting to pull the trigger, it never happens. But by just getting in there, getting your hands dirty, getting started, maybe you make mistakes, but that's how you learn. And the sooner you make mistakes, the better it is because then you're well, better well equipped uh, for the next next step. Something else I can say that's been really important for me as far as there's lots of different types of you know businesses that you can create. But in my case, I have a consulting business and so we have clients. And when it's a matter of you know choosing clients, it's it's something similar to almost like a job interview where you want to interview them and they're interviewing you. It's it's not something where you just want to take every client that comes your way. Um, I really think it's important to uh, say no. You know, taking on clients is almost like dating. Like if just because someone wants your phone number doesn't mean you have to give it to them. Um, and by being selective with your time, which clients you take on can be really important for how successful you are. Um, so people can find me at whitegatepr.com, or you can also check out me as the pet lady at thepetlady.net. And you can also find me on social media on Twitter at Dana K. Humphrey at Pet Lady World on Instagram at Dana K. Humphrey, or also on Facebook. Next time on The Dreamer's Moment. I grew up in New York. Every spring break, every winter break, some kids from school would go down. Disney World was still new at the time, and it was just the Magic Kingdom at that time, but they would go down and visit their grandmothers and stop in Orlando, and they came back, and it sounded so incredible, and my family just didn't take vacations like that. And I was so envious and I so wanted to try it. And I finally made it down to Orlando for a business trip in my early 20s. And I met a friend who lived in Florida who'd been here and loved Disney World. And she'd bring me into all her favorite rides and I was just disappointed. The Dreamer's Moment is part of the Life Podcast Network, a group of family-friendly podcasts bringing a positive message of hope and inspiration. Find us at lifepodcast.net.